Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Good morning, Inspire family. I'm Roger, one of the pastors here at Inspire, and thank you, Katinas, for leading us in worship. That was powerful. We are so blessed to have you as a guest worship team for this Unstoppable series. Um, we are uh, in the second installment of this new series, and I am so excited about it. Um, What we're doing is we are looking at the early church in the book of Acts and seeing all of the things that they had to go through, all of the problems, all of the turmoil, all of the issues that they had to face, that they endured, and ask the question, well, what was it that made the church so unstoppable during that time? When you see them facing all of the hardships and difficulties that they had to go through, yet the church continued to press forward, continued to grow, and we are looking at this historical and unique season that we are in right now that many of our generation, in fact, I don't think anybody in our generation has gone through and asking ourselves, wait, if the church was unstoppable then, then the church can be unstoppable now. And Pastor Phil last week kicked off this series with an incredible message about sheltering in place. And he really summarized it by saying this, before the church could be unstoppable, they first had to stop. And so before they could go out and begin to witness and grow and, and, and deliver and bring the gospel to various nations, right? They, they first had to stop. They first had to shelter in place and they had to wait on the Lord. And he challenges us uh, last week, and I'm going to pick up that challenge again and bring it to you by saying this. This is a time that us as pastoral staff really feels that God wants us to reset and refresh so that way we too can become unstoppable for some incredible things that God is doing in the future for Inspire Church. And so we want to, uh, we want to really take this time to make sure that, that you you come and join us, that you enter in with us as we are hearing God's voice and, and we are looking to see what it is that God's doing. And, and, and this is going to be a paradigm shift for us because we are going to go from playing defense to playing offense, right? And, and I believe that this series is going to be catalytic in propelling us to where it is that God is directing Inspire Church for this moment and teaching us how to be unstoppable through the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, you right now sitting at home or, or maybe you're watching this in your car or maybe you're driving somewhere and you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I heard the message last week and, and, and I see people are getting excited and, and this is great. But, but if I'm honest, Pastor Roger, I, I, I want to be excited. I want to enter. I want to celebrate. I, wa- I want to be a part of this unstoppable church. But if I'm honest... I feel drained. If I'm honest, 
In many ways, I feel depleted, I feel defeated, and I am just tired. I'm just tired. And it's a level of tired that a nap won't fix. It's a level of tired that sleeping more is not helping, right? Because it's not just a tired on the outside, but it's a tired on the inside. It's an emotional fatigue, a mental, a spiritual fatigue that, that I cannot just seem to shake off. Nothing seems to be re-energizing me anymore. Nothing's refueling me, and, I, and I'm just tired, just tired. And, and there's so much going on around me, so much information I feel bombarded with, from pandemics to protests, right? And, and, and something that I thought might last a week uh, is now lasting months, and I feel like I'm in a, a storm. I feel like I am a ship being dragged by the wave, whatever direction the wave is, uh, the, the wind is going at the time, and, and, and I feel like I am just a ship being knocked around and battered, and I have nothing in my tank. And today, I want to talk to you from the perspective, tired from the inside out. Tired from the inside out. You know, when you look at the early church and everything they endured, it's not as though they went through these circumstances like Superman right? These were normal humans, normal men and women of God. And so we have to say, well, what is it that gave them the ability to endure? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at Paul and at this point in Paul's life, he's actually a prisoner on a ship heading to Italy because he's going to stand trial for, guess what, for preaching the gospel. And so he's on a ship, and he's on a ship with other prisoners, and he's on a ship with other soldiers, and on this ship, a storm surrounds them. And so would you look at Acts chapter 27 for me, and we're going to start reading in verse 9, then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to kind of show you uh, what the rest of this message will look like, okay? So let's start in. Verse 9, it says this, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement. So Paul warned them. He said, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our lives also. But the centurion, which is like the head soldier, right, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Then look at verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, he finally, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Mm. After that, they had gone a long time without food. That right there, see, I could have handled the storm. But a long time without food? Let me tell you something. That's when I begin to break down. Amen? Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. 
Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the, of the Lord an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, you're not going to die here. You have, an, you, you have another assignment, right? You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me it would. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that we serve a Savior that is ever-present with us. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that as we are looking at uh, your church in the book of Acts and, and how they were able, Lord God, to be unstoppable during such difficult times that, Lord God, you will uh, uh, speak to us and speak through us and that, Lord, we will be stirred, Heavenly Father, with this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through three points of this message. Point number one will be the paradox of the storm. Point number two will be the product of the storm. And point number three will be the presence in the storm. So the paradox of the storm, the product of the storm, and the presence in the storm. Point one, product, the paradox of the storm. L look at this in verse 20. It says this, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. I in other words, this was not just a problem that would come really quick and leave really quick, right? But this was a continuing issue. When, when COVID first hit us, everyone was talking and using language like this. Is this a blizzard? Is this a winter or is this an ice age, right? In other words, is it a blizzard? Is it something that's just going to hit us and then, and then be done? Is this a winter? So is this just something that will last for a season? Or is this an ice age? Is this something that will dramatically and permanently change our future? Our future. And as we began to get into sort of the pandemic that we are facing, we thought, well, okay, you know what? A couple days, this isn't going to be too bad. Maybe a week or two, this isn't going to be so long. But as it has prolonged, it has caused issues within many of our lives, right? Because, because check this out, it's one thing to fight off a cold for five days. It's another thing to battle cancer for five years. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? It's one thing to wait and pray for four years while your kid is at college. It's another thing to wait and pray for 40 years that your kid comes off of the addiction of heroin. You know what I mean? There's a difference in that fight. There's a difference in that faith. And what's crazy is the health and wealth gospel would say, listen, you just don't have enough faith. But actually, listen up, church, I believe that you have more faith, that 
that, that, that your faith is not tethered to your circumstance, that, that your faith is not conditional, that you can be in a place to say, listen, God, there, this, is, this is my prayer. This is what I'm wanting to do, but I trust you. And so regardless of what it is that happens in my life, regardless if I get the job that I really feel would be a blessing to my family or not, regardless if I get to have the house that I'm looking for, regardless if, I, if, the, if the relationship that seems broken within my family comes back together or not, I want those things, but at the end of the day, I still praise you and say you are good and you are worthy. That, that to me, there is a difference, and write this down, because faith is not primarily a function of how you feel, but faith is living out and believing what truth is despite how you feel. You see that? Now, notice what it says here. It says that the, neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days. In other words, they, they had lost their sense of direction. The, 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 the situation that they were in happened for so long that, 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 that they lost their sense of direction. What they used to rely on to navigate them is no longer there. And not just for a short time, but for a prolonged period. And even though when we look at this story that Luke is documenting in this event, and even though Luke, when he was documenting it, knew nothing of COVID-19 or social distancing or shelter in place or CDC, that obviously wasn't in his mindset, in his vernacular, right? But nonetheless, the same feeling of being able to rely on something continually to point me and guide me in the right direction, to, to, to make sure that I'm on track, to all of a sudden have that thing not there anymore, to all of a sudden feel lost and confused and not sure what to do becomes a problem for many of us. And for some of you, your Sunday morning church experience was your North Star. That's what you depended on to guide you and to keep you on track. And now that we haven't been able to meet in person, you, you have began to feel the effects of what it is and you feel lost and become you feel lost and you're trying to navigate through storms, you feel tired. You feel tired. And here lies the paradox of the storm. Uh, on one hand, Paul knows that this didn't have to happen, right? L look at this when he says in verse 9, so Paul warned the men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to, to the ship and to the cargo and to, our, our, and to our lives as well. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Well, of course he did. I mean, who's going to listen to a prisoner over the owner of a ship, right? Over the one that is piloting the ship, the captain of the ship. So, of course, he's going to listen to, to what, he he, what he believes the experts are saying here, right? And, and, and so, on one hand, um, you know, Paul's like, you know, this didn't have to happen. But on the other hand, Paul knows that he does not serve a God of chance. That, 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 that the God that he serves is the grand architect, that he has orchestrated all things so that this will happen. And for many people, this is very difficult to process, right? My, my, my daughter, Olivia, who is 10 years old, 
was crying on her bed, and, and I came in, and I asked her to and consult her and, and was asking her a question. I said, hey, you know, what's, what's going on? What's the matter, hun? And, and she looked at me, and she just said, COVID has ruined everything. COVID has ruined everything. And, and she asked me, she said, listen, she goes, if God can stop COVID, why doesn't he? Wow. What a simple and yet complex question. And I believe that part of the mental fatigue that, that, that many are experiencing may be from the fact that you're trying to balance how in one hand you know that God doesn't desire pain and suffering and sickness and death, and yet on the other hand, he's allowing it. Uh, on one hand, you know that he is all-powerful and good, right? And his original design for the universe was good. And, and, if, and if you were to ask your earthly father for bread, he would not give you a stone. So how much more would your heavenly father give to you? So you know that on one hand. Yet on the other hand, he has allowed you to experience loneliness and frustration and fear and anger and stress at, at a level that sometimes you wonder if you can even handle. And it is mentally and emotionally exhausting you. And you are like the man who told Jesus, and he goes up and says, listen, please pray for me. I believe, but help my unbelief. And for many uh, people in the world today, this is actually a sticking point for them because the assumption is this, I can't see any point to why this is happening. I can't see any good reason or any particular thing that this accomplishes. I, don't, I can't see any point of this terrible thing happening. And, and, and so all the great reporters are saying, listen, I, don't, I, I can't see anything good that comes from this. And so because I can't see anything, there must not be any good reason. But obviously that's fallacious. When um, Becca and I first were praying about the next season in our life and feeling the call to come to inspire, um, at some point, we had a discussion with my girls, and, and, then, and then what happened is we, we ended up moving. And on a personal note, um, this was actually very difficult for my daughters. This was hard for them to leave what was familiar, hard to, for them to leave friends, uh, hard for them to leave a place that, that they had already uh, become attached to. And I remember having to have conversations and, and, and begin to talk about all the things that God is going to be doing in this transition that, and, and begin to say, you know, look, at this is what, you know, this is where we're going to live and, and give all of these sort of reasonings. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it was one of those things where they just didn't understand. No matter, no matter what, uh, reasons I put before them, for them, they could not understand a good reason that we had to move. And yet, it was God. It was God. And, and so there was an intellectual gap between my, uh, between my wife and I and our daughters 
on why this was going to happen. And, and, and you have to understand that, that if there was an intellectual distance between us and our children, then, then don't you see that the distance intellectually between God and us would be infinitely greater, right? So how could you ever say, how could it ever be possible to say that, even though lots of people in the Bay Area say it, but, but how could we ever get to a place that we could say, listen, because I cannot think of any good reason that God would allow suffering to happen, then there must not be a good reason, and therefore there must not be a God. Listen, that just cannot be true. The fact is, is this, is that if you are serving a God that you can fully understand in your intellectual capacities and capabilities, then I would say that the being that you're serving is not God. And, and although we cannot always make sense of the why, we can know the what. James tells us uh, this. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because, why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He says, he says, listen, consider it joy when you encounter trials and troubles and hardships of all kinds. He's not saying that you're just going to go and start looking for troubles and trials. And, but, but what he is saying is this, is, is know that you will have a kind of joy in the midst of it. Why? Because it is producing it is producing. The, the various trials that we are experiencing right now, it, it, the testing of your faith, the storms that you are going through are experiencing, uh, that you are experiencing are producing a product. Point two, the product of the storm. See, what, what's going on here exactly? Can, can, can you break this down for me? A little bit. Well, yeah, Paul actually explains what's going on, right? Paul makes reference to these things that he's going through. In fact, he, he elaborates them in 2 Corinthians, right? And, and he begins to say in 2 Corinthians, he says, listen, I've been to prison. I've been flogged five times. I have received 30 lashes. Three times I have been beaten with, with rods. Once I was stoned and three times I was shipwrecked. Three times. And the shipwreck that we read this morning was his third time. This is his third shipwreck that he has been to. Wow. Third shipwreck that he has been through. And then look what he says. He says this, But I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, what, are you, what are you talking about? He says, When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Watch this. Inwardly, we are being renewed <laughs> day by day for the light, these light momentary afflictions that, that I am going through. And all the things he just listed, being flogged and, and beaten and whipped and shipwrecked and, and stoned, he said, those are light things. These light things that I'm going through is achieving for me an eternal weight of glory that outweighs them all. Do, do, do you hear that? Do, do you hear what he is saying? He, he is comparing the, the, what he is going through to being uh, something that achieves or produces glory. 
In other words, write this down, pain has a purpose. See, as you are feeling fatigued, as you are feeling tired and drained and and exhausted because of all of the things that you are trying to, you know, encounter, all of the things that you are trying to deal with and and figure out, and and it's pushed you beyond your, your, what, what feels like your mental capabilities, your emotional capabilities, and you just don't have anything left to give. Pain has a purpose. And this isn't just fairy tale stuff, but it's actually very practical. Listen to what Tim Keller says when he talks about this topic. He says this, think of the people you know who partially through being sheltered and partially through luck, right? And I don't mean sheltered in place. What he's talking about there is being sheltered, right? Being, being protected from bad things, right? As it were. Th- think about those people who, who, who have had to go through practically no storms in their life. They have had pretty much clear sailing, he says. May, maybe hardly ever even cloudy days. He says, what do you know about them? They're shallow. They really don't know who they are. They have very little self-knowledge. They're of no help when trouble comes. They get out there in the world and they have a certain, uh, 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 they have a certain uh, way of thinking it's going to be, but they're actually not very compassionate to other people and they, and, and they aren't empathetic to those who suffer. See, in other words, when problems come into your life, they cannot stand on their own two feet. Why? What, what, what is it that Paul is saying? He, he's saying this, if you don't suffer, then you won't have glory. The glory will not be produced in you. The, not, and not just your glory, but, but he's talking about the very glory of Christ. In other words, you will not be a person of substance. You, you will not be a person of depth because what is glory? The word glory there means weight. It means something that lasts. It means something that can't just be blown over or blown away. And so what happens is, is as you are going through the things that you are going through in this season, then God is actually producing weight, substance in you. So that way, you are not tethered to circumstance, but you have a weight, you have an anchor that is anchored or tethered to Jesus Christ. That way you could say, listen, with, even without health, I can have joy. Even without money, I can have joy. Somebody say amen to that. That, that regardless of what else happens, it's not that it won't be hard or it won't be difficult, but at the end of the day, I can have joy because of the weight that I have because of the anchor, because of who I am tethered to. It has, it, this thing has made you a person of glory. That's what's going on. Because check this out. Suffering can ruin your life. It can. It can make you bitter. It can make you filled with self-pity if you don't know how to receive it rightly. And I'll walk you uh, through how to do that in just a minute. But let me just say this. If, if your answer to kind of like why, you know, you're going through something is, oh, it's God's will. Well, yes, but that's kind of a pat answer, right? Right? It, it, it won't really help. If you say, well, God has a reason for it. Well, yes, that's, that's true, but it doesn't really help. And so, and so you can let suffering ruin your life, fill you with bitterness and self-pity, which actually makes you less wise. 
and makes you less understanding of who you are and makes you less compassionate. Suffering can, there's a potential for it to ruin your life, but no suffering will absolutely ruin your life. Guaranteed. Which leads us to this question, how do we go through these moments as a believer, as someone in the body of Christ, how can I go through these moments where I feel empty and tired and I just don't feel like I can go any longer? I feel a level of fatigue that I've never felt before in my life. How is it that I can push through this so I too can be a part of this, this unstoppable church, right? Well, see, Paul's been through shipwrecks. He's been through three of them. As far as we know, the rest of the people on the ship have only been through one. We're not sure, but we know for sure he has been through three of them. And what's interesting is as you're reading the passage, as you're reading what Luke is documenting, he, it seems as though he's documenting Paul to, to be in the midst of this storm and yet to be in a place where, where he is completely at peace. Do, do you see that? He seems to be fine. Why? He seems to be balanced. How? Because he is a person of weightiness. He is a person that, that, that he has allowed the Lord to produce glory in him, weight in him. Right? Because at this point, to be honest, he should be tired, not just on the outside, but on the inside. He, he should be. He should be stressed. He should just give up. For, he, he, I mean, at this point, he might as well just go ahead and, and jump off the, the ship and drown. M most of us would, would be in that space, and he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not blown about. He, 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 he's not blown about on the outside. And the reason he's not is because he's, he's anchored from within. Because if you receive the season that you're going through rightly, then it produces a type of power, a type of endurance. And so you say, well, what is it then? Well, what, what, I, mean, I mean, how do you do that? What, what, what is the secret? Well, the question now changes from what to who. See, we've looked at the paradox of the storm, We've looked at the product of the storm, and now we're looking at the presence of the storm. See, the real question is, how do you receive suffering in your life? That's the question. Ask yourself this question. Write this question down. Ask yourself the question. How do you receive suffering in your life? When, when, when hardship comes, how do you handle it? How do you receive that? If suffering can ruin your life, but a lack of suffering will absolutely ruin your life, then how can you receive it in a way that it won't drain you, that it won't deplete you, that it won't make you feel like you are so tired that you're going to sleep tired and you're waking up tired and you're, and you're paying bills tired and you're raising kids tired and you're going to the grocery store tired, tired, tired. And it doesn't matter how many energy drinks you, you drink or how many TV shows you watch or how many hours you're, you're playing you know, games to try to make your mind go and you're on the Xbox, whatever it is, right? You're, you're just tired, tired. 
The answer is the presence in the storm. Look at this, verse 21 says this, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up and said to them, men, you should have taken my advice. Ooh, I love that. Paul got the I told you so moment, right? I told you so. I mean, I don't know about you, but we all deep down inside love the I told you so moment. Let's not play, right? And he says, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now watch this, verse 22. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. In other words, that there will be things around you that will be taken, but you yourself will not be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I've served, stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. See, see Paul knows the secret in, in the storm, doesn't he? That he knows the secret. That the secret is this, is that he knows he is loved. In other words, he knows that in this storm, he is not rejected, but he is loved. He, he knows this because of the presence that he recognized in the midst of the storm. In fact, let me just say this, that your faith that the, or, 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 and the very presence of God does not guarantee that God will guard you from ever having to go through storms, but it does guarantee that he will guide you. Let me say that again. The presence of God does not guarantee that he will guard you from ever having to go through storms, but it does guarantee that he will guide you. Don't you see what's happening here? Here's the key to it all, is that he has a radical view on suffering. His theology of suffering is radical. Pastor Phil mentioned this a few weeks back, that the church has done a horrible job at having a theology for suffering, and Paul has this radical view on it. Do you realize what he's doing here? See, Paul understands uh, about the day of resurrection. Do, do you know what's happening with the day of, every, of, uh, of resurrection? Everything sad will become untrue, right? Th this is the most radical view of suffering. Our salvation is not just going to eliminate suffering. The, that means that every bad thing that has ever happened to you will, will become almost a nightmare. That the reality of the, of, of the resurrection will relativize the reality of anything that has ever happened to you. It, it will all become untrue. It will reverse, you see, and you will be infinitely happier than you would have ever been if you had never suffered those things in the first place not because your happiness is the final goal, but because Christ is. That's why Paul puts it like this. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be all changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, and we shall be changed. 
For when the perishable have become clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written shall come true. Death has been swallowed up. Come on, somebody. It has been engulfed, right, in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? See, we have something much better for the problems that we face. We don't just have principles. We have a person, and his name is Jesus. Listen to this poem. It says, His love in time past forbids me to think that he'll leave me at last in trouble to sink. My prayer let me wrestle, and he will perform. With Christ in the, in the vessel, I smile at the storm smile at the storm. The paradox of the storm, the product of the storm, the presence in the storm. And what we are seeing here is how Paul was able to endure everything he endured, how the church was able to keep pushing forward and be unstoppable. How is it that, that he might have been tired on the outside, but it was being renewed on the inside? And it's because where he was getting his source of strength from mattered. It mattered. Listen, I know you're tired, but where is your source when you are weak? Where are your source? This is how we become unstoppable, by resting and refreshing and resetting, and rejuvenating, and recharging in what Christ has done. In what Christ has done. So if you are here watching this message, listening to this message, and you're in a place where you're like, Pastor Roger, I, I am, I am, I have to be honest, I am tired. I am tired. I am empty. I am fatigued. That everything that is going on ha ha has seemed to just drain me, has seemed to pull energy out of me, and I can't seem to refuel in time. What, whatever, whatever little charge I get, it seems to just dissipate quickly. And, and, and I'm empty. I'm empty on patience. I'm empty on compassion. I'm empty on love. I'm empty on excitement. I, I, I'm empty on passion itself. I'm just tired. I wake up tired, I go to sleep tired. Can I encourage you today to find your strength and your source in Jesus Christ and watch how his presence will guide you through the storm that you're going through right now. Can I just pray with you? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to stir us. That Heavenly Father, when, when, when the, the north star of our life seems to be taken away and we are enduring something that seems to just be draining us faster than, 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 than what we can replace it with, God, that Lord God, that that will be a sign, Heavenly Father, that we are that we have tethered ourselves, that we are using something else 
as our source to strengthen and to encourage and to guide. And so I pray that there will be a recalibration, God, that, Heavenly Father, that we will take our hearts and we will once again turn them back to you, Lord God. And, Heavenly Father, that we can say, as Paul says, that in our weakness, we are strong, that even though on the outside we are weathering away, on the inside we are being renewed day by day. That, that when we look at Paul and the storm he endured and how in the midst of it, God, he had a balance to himself. And Heavenly Father, that you will just guide us in Jesus' name. Listen, some of you right now might be feeling like, listen, your ship has already been wrecked. In fact, at the end of this story, it talks about how Paul and the other men had to grab pieces of the ship because the ship just tore apart and how they had to grab pieces of the ship and flow in to land. And some of you might be feeling that right now. You might be feeling like, yeah, listen, my ship is torn apart and I'm barely hanging on. And I need not a principle, but I need a person. Jesus Christ is here. Would you consider giving your heart to him today? We love you. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirechurches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.